great Odin's raven. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is crazy. This is, uh, this is ridiculous. Okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. With, I'll go. Hello and welcome to the FilmPulse.net podcast. This is episode number 52. My name is Adam. Today I'm joined by Kevin. How are you, Kevin? Terrible. Kevin's terrible? Feeling a little under the weather, are we? Yeah. That sucks. Correct. That sucks. Well, we'll just try to plug right through this. Uh, This week we'll be talking about the South by Southwest 2013 lineup. We also have a new Kickstarter project to highlight and we will be having an interview with the director of this film. It's called Scopia. We'll be doing that interview later on in the show. We'll also be making our weekly movie predictions, and finally we'll be going over this week's DVD and Blu-ray releases. First, let's kick things off with some of what we've been watching. Kevin, I think we'll start with you this week. What have you been watching? Ah, what have I been watching? Well, I started with Wings of Desire, which is an 80s film by Wim Wenders. Wim Wenders. Wim Wenders, which him being German, I want to pronounce it as Wim Wenders. Mm-hmm. So I so I occasionally do that and it's fun. But this movie was amazing. Well, like the first two thirds of it was amazing. The black and white, the cinematography, it I I recommend it on that fact alone. Mm-hmm. But it's about uh, two angels who just sort of oversee human activity, you know, everyday stuff, and just essentially document it, just write it down in their little notebooks that they have on them. Um, and occasionally they'll, they'll uh, interact with the human world. But uh, near the end, the angel Daniel, played by Bruno Gantz, becomes human, gives up the whole angel life, Comes a human, and at that point, it turns into a color film and sort of like a straightforward narrative film. Hmm. And it, it it stumbles a little bit, and it has the number one thing that me and you both hate: the unnecessary live performance. <laughs> this time, it's Nick Cave in the Bad Seeds, uh... and fucking hate that. Why do they do this? Mm. Nick Cave in the Bad Seeds will be at South by Southwest this year. Take back that statement, just in case. <laughs> just in case. But I, I just I hate that, and I, I don't understand why they do it. It doesn't make any sense, and it just feels completely out of place and unnecessary. Yeah, and it just takes me out of the film. Um, one like as soon as it pops up, I'm like, oh, Jesus. Another, another one that waste comes, of time. Another one that comes to mind that I'm a big fan of is in the movie Idle Hands with Devin Sawa. There is a performance by The Offspring. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. That's amazing. I just remembered that. That just like popped <laughs> into my head. Idle Hands. With Seth I Green. love the fact that you remember that. And what happened to Devin Sawa? Uh, I don't know. He was Never in a lot of stuff. And then just disappeared. But um, Wim Wenders, uh, one of his movies is on my... Uh, to to see list for this year and that's paris texas because i never saw that i i want to see that as well i also want to see the american friend there's actually a lot of movies of his that i want to see it's yeah. just unfortunate that i started with uh pina you want to rewatch pina is that no i do not want to rewatch pina <laughs> god i don't want to do that uh what what did i watch next ashes is a short film by pitch palm 
We reciprocal. <laughs> I love it when you say this dude's name. <laughs> Pitchapong. We reciprocal. It is, um, <clears throat> this is, a, he did this in collaboration with Mubi. I don't know if you're familiar with the, that website, Mubi. Mm-hmm. Um, and a Lomo Kino camera, which is apparently a 35 millimeter camera for like 79 bucks. You can pick one up for 79 bucks and make yourself some 35 millimeter uh, movies. So I don't know why more people haven't done that, but this is like 20 minutes long and it is essentially a pitch upon dicking around with a camera. Hmm. That's it. And it's, I mean, there's some, there's some nice stuff here and there, but that probably makes up for about, I don't know, eight minutes of the 20 minutes that you had to watch. And I find it entertaining that the one of the best parts of the film is at the end. It's just him like uh, recording or filming um, fireworks. It's some sort of occasion. I don't know what the occasion is, but they're having fireworks, and he it looks wonderful. But it's done with a digital camera, as if he got tired of this camera <laughs> as he's making the short film, <laughs> like. <clears throat> And he made this short film essentially for, you know, for the camera makers. So that's that's not saying much <laughs> that he can't even finish the short film with the camera. He has to go to digital. So that's unfortunate for Lomo Kino. But seventy nine bucks for a movie camera. Yeah, I was actually looking them up as you were um, talking about. That's the pretty movie. crazy. Yeah, I mean, you still got to pay for the film, which is probably going to cost an arm and a leg. But yeah. Plus all the attachments that you had to get and everything. Yeah, and then you have to process the film and all that stuff. So it's probably still going to... But still, I mean... It, I mean, it. They, the images look very nice. And it's weird because it's sort of at like a low frame rate. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, seven or nine bucks for a camera. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. Say. Um. So, yeah, a pitch upon dicking around with a camera for 20 minutes. And then I watched a little-known movie called Volcano. This is an Icelandic film. And this is not the 1997 Tommy Lee Jones movie. Oh. I know. <laughs> I know. But this is the Icelandic film from 2011. And I am conflicted now. Completely. This is... Like the synopsis says, you know, old man, he's grown apart from his children, recently retired. His wife gets ill and he tries to reconcile with his past and with his children and stuff like that. That doesn't do this justice. This is essentially a more mm. before a more and everything that all the problems that I had with a more volcano does much, much better. Mm. Like there's actually cinematography in volcano and it's quite amazing performances are amazing this is a 10 out of 10 for me and i think it's better than a more wow and it should get more recognition than it does and that, and like it plays out almost exactly like a more hmm. and it came out before just saying i mean it's a little bit different because there's not um it sort of lacks the human emotion interaction between the two characters like a more had but it makes sense because the old man in this film is not very openly um, emotional in any sort of way, mm-hmm. so you under, you understand why he's not, you know, why the film doesn't have that in it. So I highly recommend this movie if you're able to 
find it. I watched it on Mubi actually. So I had to pay three bucks. Not bad. Not bad at all. Great movie. Really, really good. And like I said, I don't I don't know what to think now about him more. It's changed everything, Adam. <laughs> and then I watched that Paperman short, which it seems like everyone's been doing. I saw it before um Brickett Ralph, but yeah. So um, that was great. I enjoyed that. That was like perfect. It's just fun. Yeah, I liked it. And then I watched The Day He Arrives, which is a, <clears throat> excuse me, which is a Sang-Soo Hong film. And apparently this guy's, um, you know, somewhat popular. And I, did, I didn't like this at all. It just, it didn't connect with me in any way. I was just, I was bored out of my mind watching this movie. It's the same, it's the, a guy goes to Seoul, meets up with friends, and that's all that happens. Hmm. And they just, like, redo things over and over with different outcomes. Like, they keep going to the same bar, and it's almost like Groundhog Day, but with no Groundhog. Or what's that, uh, Sliding Doors or something? That Gwyneth Paltrow movie? Where it was like, she, there were, like, different outcomes to the same story? Yeah, but in this movie, they don't even, it's not talked about. It just seems like Hong was like, oh, okay, let's just keep filming this scene over and over again. And it's just like do the, it differently. It's like the alternate endings on a DVD, but they just yeah. included in the main movie. And, I mean, the shooting was nice. The acting was good. Everything was good about this movie. It just, for some reason, I felt nothing. Just, I didn't even see the point of the film at all. I don't even know what he's trying to say with it. Hmm. Just seemed like he was dicking around or something. Because in the movie, the main character is like a film director who doesn't make films anymore because he doesn't know what the hell to do, which is essentially what the day he arrives is. Hmm. Guy who has no idea what the hell to do, but fucking makes a movie anyways. Sounds like I'll be skipping that one. Um, I started the week off with Undefeated. This is the documentary that won the Academy Award last year for Best Documentary. Oh, the football. The football film. one. Yeah. Uh, it was really good. I mean, I'm not even into football. I usually, actually, I do like sports documentaries, but this one was really good. It was about a high school football team and very emotional movie like it was just great i mean it just followed this team and the in the coach through the whole season and highly recommended it. it was pretty amazing and i saw faster pussycat kill kill this yes is, this is kind of uh considered a classic i guess um i, I did this in i watched this for our uh grindhouse weekly segment or feature on the site and I, I'd never seen this before. I mean, I heard of it many times. I've read about it, seen clips and whatnot. Uh, I know Russ Meyer, the the director. Like I'm, I'm aware of his films. Uh, but I decided to check this one out, see what it's like, and it's pretty much exactly what I expected it to be. Definitely madcap, I would say. Oh, it's madcap. Yeah. All right. Right. Madcap. It's a uh, black and white. <laughs> it's completely ridiculous. Basically, it's just about these 
go-go dancers that just randomly kill this dude in the desert. And then they find out that there's this old old man in a wheelchair that has like a whole bunch of money. And they try to go and schmooze him in order to rob him of his money. And they try to kill him. <laughs> it's just, it's so crazy and it's so ridiculous. Everything about it is pretty bad. Like, the acting is awful. The The editing is really terrible. But at the same time, it's just a fun movie to watch. I mean, it's hilarious. You'll be laughing the whole time just because it's so over the top and ridiculous. And the thing that you have to remember is, like, this is kind of the thing that started it all. You know, like, we might not have a lot of the kind of exploitation camp-filled films that we have now because if if this one didn't exist. Mm. And it, it's just ridiculous in every way, and it's really fun, and I do recommend seeing it. I, I, I am interested. Especially for people that are into film history, I think that this is probably one to watch because it's extremely influential. So came out it came out in the same year as the sound of music. Yeah, sixty five. Yep. One of our favorites. Ugh. <laughs> I would I would rather watch Faster Pussycat Kill Kill any day. And you know, it's for the time when it came out it was pretty extreme, but when you look at it now it's like nothing. It's tame. There's no nudity. There is violence and some blood but it's not anything shocking or gratuitous or you know <laughs> anything extreme but i think back then it was it was pretty extreme bunch of kill crazy women on a rampage take a take a break from stripping and do some killing <laughs> yeah 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 it's nice. great it's great i loved it. it had a great soundtrack it had this like really kind of frenetic jazz soundtrack and it it was it was awesome nice loved it uh then i saw the abcs of death this is currently available on demand this is the anthology film that has 26 shorts by 26 directors from all over the world and i kind of expected this to be a mixed bag and it was was a mixed bag mostly bad uh, but there were no there were enough there were enough segments in this that were good to recommend it like I, I, there was one in particular called Diaz for dog fight and that one was really good i mean it was pretty incredible hmm. and there were a couple other ones um ben wheatley's segment you is for unearthed was really good ty west was incredibly disappointing he did uh, M-, M is for miscarriage, and it's pointless and uh, horrible. And uh, some of them, it, it like because they were given full creative control over what they did. The tone of the film is literally everywhere you can imagine. Some of them are just goofy and comedic. Some of them are completely horrifying and depressing. Some of them just crossed the line. There's uh, one is called L is for libido, and it was 
what so disturbing on so many levels. Like I couldn't even believe that they made which, such a thing. Which, which one was that? What's Ellis for libido? Uh, it is horrific. Like I, I couldn't even. It, it's so hard to watch. the uh, The other one is X is for double XL. That's directed by Xavier Jens, who did uh, Frontiers. That yeah, one's okay. hard. That one's good, but it's that one's also incredibly hard to watch. Like it's disgusting. <laughs> wow. A lot of them are not scary in a traditional sense, but they just kind of go for the gross out. Mm. But you know they they are very limited. They got like four minutes to make a movie. I was gonna so. say, but how how long are they? Since you got twenty six shorts going on here. Uh, they're not all the same length. Some of them are a little bit longer. Some of them are a lot shorter. There's a couple of them that are only like maybe a minute long. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they all they're all pretty short and con- concise. But that is problematic for a lot of them because some of them are just entirely too ambitious to fit into a four minute short. Mm-hmm. Like some of the stories involved. Are just, you know. Uh, Nacho Vigalando's short was pretty good, too. He did the first one, A is for Apocalypse. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. Gotta have an Apocalypse one, right? Oh, some of them are ridiculous, though. Like, H is for Hydroelectric Diffusion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, so, like, some of them, you're just like, what? <laughs> but, again, I will say, there's maybe five or six of the 26 that are what I would consider to be good. And those are good enough to, to warrant a watch. And a lot of them, even though they might not be good are just so unbelievably shocking that you'll just be like, what the fuck? I mean, this is like a Serbian film level stuff here. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So there's that. Uh, I give it a two and a half out of letterbox. And I think I gave it a five out of 10, uh, on the site. What I did for my review was I actually broke it down into 26 mini reviews. So I have every short in it and I broke it down and gave my thoughts on each one. So check that out. And one thing that I would mention, if you haven't seen the movie, you might want to hold off on reading my review because one of the kind of fun little things that they do with the movie is that they don't tell you the word before the short is over. So, like, the whole time you're watching the short, you're kind of trying to guess what the word is. Mm. Now, did you guess right on the H? On the H one? <laughs> no, I didn't. Are you serious? I did not. I did not. Come on. There, there were a couple where I was just like, what? Like, uh, there's one, it's like K is for klutz. And I was like, how, how does that? Like, some of them are kind of reaching. And I will say the again, the Ty West one's pretty bad. The Adam Weingard one, he got Q. The letter Q. So he, nice. he, he does something kind of interesting with that. Um, John Schnepp, who does Metalocalypse, his, he got W and his is horrible. Like, I don't even <laughs> understand. I don't even understand. Uh, yeah. Some of these guys just, they, act, they just phoned it in, really. Wow. Like, like they got five grand. Fun? They got five grand to make a short film. I think that some of them took like a hundred bucks. Made the short and just pocketed the rest. <laughs> uh, but I mean, and then again, some of them, like the D, 
is for dogfight look amazing and it's like wow they did that for five grand it's pretty impressive but yeah and like some of them have some pretty decent special effects in uh but yeah for the most part just a little disappointing most of the japanese ones are ridiculous uh because you know i wish they would have got some more normal japanese directors but they got a lot of those Japanese directors that did no. like Tokyo. If you're going to get Japanese directors for the ABCs of death, you got to go with the crazy ones. Yeah, so they get they get the guy that did Meatball Machine and Tokyo Gore Police, <laughs> and then they get the guy that did... Um, you have to. The guy that did... Shoot. Other, another movie that's just like the same thing where it's just like ridiculous. And do they get the guy from um, Zombie Ass Toilet? I don't know. I don't know who <sighs> did that. Come on. I don't know who did that. Toilet of the Dead? Are you kidding me? Um, and then we have okay, so that's ABC. He Dead. yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did the segment F is for fart. Oh, it's horrible. That one is the by far the worst. Uh, the worst. The guy one. that does zombie ass toilet of the dead. He did something else too. He did a movie that I actually saw. Mutant he did, Girl. Oh no, Swap. he did um, Machine Girl. Yeah, he did Machine Robigasha. Girl. I saw. I saw Machine Girl, and it's it's bad. But anyway, <laughs> ABC's a death. Be warned. It's mostly not good. <laughs> Um, then I saw Warm Bodies. This is currently playing in theaters, directed by Jonathan feeling, Levine. I have a feeling this sucked. Uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, but it, it was not great. Mm. Like, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good either. You know, it was just kind of in the middle. Yeah. It, there were some humorous parts, some, uh, some chortles to be had. Chortles? <laughs> yeah. A chortle oh, all the time. That's like my favorite word. <laughs> um, as I suspected, uh, what's his name was pretty funny in it. Um, Nicholas? No. Or Rob Cordry? Rob, Rob Cordry, for some Dave reason. Dave Franco? Yeah, Dave Franco's in it. He's in, He's not in it very long, but he's not funny in it. <laughs> <laughs> Is John Malkovich funny in it? Uh, no. Oh. It's For the most part, it's a pretty serious movie. I mean, well, that's just stupid, then. Like, there's some funny stuff, like some comedy, but it, it has a lot of serious parts as well. And it's kind of like your typical teen movie. I mean, it's, I would say, better than Twilight by far. But I'm to the point now where I, I'm really close to hating zombies. Um, I think you should start watching The Walking Dead. You might be changing your tune a little bit on that. I'm just, I'm just tired of zombies. Walking Dead's amazing, but they do a lot of weird things in this movie where it's like love brought him back to life, and uh, it's not as quite as cheesy as what I just <laughs> the way it sounded when I just said it. But <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, I was gonna say it sounded pretty damn cheesy. Yeah. There's some cheesy parts to it, but for me, it was kind of middle of the road. We should have a review for that up on the site today. I didn't, I didn't review it, but uh, and then finally, I saw Resolution. This is uh, currently playing on demand as well. This is a low budget horror movie, indie horror movie, fantastic. I was blown away by this movie. 
We actually have a review for this up on the site as well. Although, it's one of those movies where you don't want to know anything about it before you start watching it. So, um, our review is kind of cryptic. And it kind of just goes over technical aspects of the movie. But I thought it was great. I was so surprised at how good this movie was. It The big thing is the script. I mean, the script is awesome. The dialogue mm-hmm. is snappy. The characters are likable. And it's such an intriguing film because it starts off as one thing. And it slowly kind of turns into something else. And you never really know what that is. And you don't really know what's happening. But all you know is that the tension is building. And the tension Mm -hmm. builds and builds and builds. And it's so good. I mean, the the basic premise is about uh, these two guys, they're best friends. One of them is a drug addict. And he, he holds up in this remote shack, basically, out in the woods. And his friend goes hits him with a stun gun and then handcuffs him to a pipe and says, okay, I'm going to stay here with you for the next week. We're going to get you sober. We're going to get you clean. And that's that. But things start happening. Weird things start happening. Things always start happening. Yeah. And it's the things that start happening are really cool. It's one of those things where you're just like, what is going on here? And it's, it's awesome. I highly recommend it. Yeah, this sounds pretty damn interesting. Yeah, it it was really good. the The ending, I think, some people may have issues with the ending, um, but for me, I thought it was it was fine. Like, I didn't. I thought it was a fine ending. And a lot of people, I think, may be bothered by the fact that it is a slow burn of a movie. Mm. But unlike unlike a movie like The Innkeepers. Or, you know, maybe House of the Devil. It's different in that the horror part of it is a slow build. But the the dramatic elements of it, trying to get this guy sober and trying to get him cleaned up and all that stuff. Like, that's... Because not only is he dealing with that, his buddy, he's also dealing with the drug dealers that are coming looking for money and looking for drugs and stuff like that. And... Mm. There's a lot more to it than that as well, but highly recommend it. Like I said, this is currently playing on on demand right now. It's I got it on Amazon. I think it was six ninety nine, but definitely mm. worth it. I I did notice that it does have Bill Overs Jr. in it, who played Abraham Lincoln in Abraham Lincoln versus Zombies. Yeah, he's a full circle. Full circle. Full circle. <laughs> yeah, he um is he he plays kind of a minor minor character. He's only in one scene. But I mean I'll the, forever know him as Abraham Lincoln. The the acting is actually quite good and like I said before, the dialogue's what really pushes this. I mean it's it's good. It's it's very good. So. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in this. Uh, so that's all I saw. That's all you saw. That is all I saw. All right, let's go ahead and kick off our Kickstart Sunday feature. This week we're highlighting a film called Scopia, directed by Christopher Butler. This is a feature-length sci-fi horror film. Sounds like a, a bit of a psychological horror vibe to it. 
but it sounds it sounds great. Yeah, I'm extremely interested. I'm also, on one hand, I'm extremely interested and I want to know more. But then the selfish movie viewer part of me, I don't want to know anything else about this movie. Yeah, I think the, I just want to see it. Yeah, I think this is going to be one of those movies where the less you know, the better. Just like Resolution. So uh, we had a chance to sit down, have a chat with the director Christopher Butler. So let's go ahead and give that a listen. Let's let's start off. Um, maybe maybe tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into filmmaking. Uh, my background was uh, I've kind of had a I had a nine year career in advertising in London um, and I kind of did I was, I was kind of a walking cliche I, I, I moved to the big city to break into advertising I uh, spent a long year and a half with my creative partner we were a team uh, art director and copywriter uh, we spent about a year trying to crack the industry we eventually broke into our first advertising agency we got to work on TV commercials, posters, uh, radio commercials, everything. Um, and that's kind of how I cut my teeth, really. We spent our first job was at an ad agency called CDP, and they were one of the, the biggest ad agencies of the 80s. And we used to do ads for cigars and some of the biggest brands in beer and stuff like that. So we got to work on big TV commercials, and it's things like, you know, you, you get the original brief, you start off with a blank piece of paper, mm-hmm. you write the script, you, you, you kind of co-direct and art-direct the whole thing. So it, it's it's a great way to nurture a creative talent because you always start off with a blank piece of paper and you have to see your ideas through to the end, art directing, creatively managing every part of it, and you'll get to work with film, photography, illustration, design, every aspect of it so so that's kind of where I, I started from and after about I think five years for me the the advertising party was over and I started to not really enjoy it anymore and I just kind of got sick and tired of trying to convince clients that it was a good idea to do something a bit more creative and you know make an impact on your audience mm-hmm. and um, and I'd always wanted to move over into film because that's what I'd always really my my heart was always in, in movies. My dad film was how me and my dad used to bond when I was a kid. I was never into football or sports, so you know, movies is always how we kind of what, what we had in common and what made us, you know, best buddies. So the ad I was at I was at an ad agency at the time and I said to them it would be a really cool idea if, if I was to go on a film course and you paid for it. Um, and luckily they agreed to it because they certainly thought, well, well, does that mean you could direct virals and save money on paying directors? I said, if that gets me on a course, then yeah, whatever. So they, they sent me on a film course at the London Film Academy, which is great because I couldn't afford it at the time. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. And that was big eye-opener because it was it was 10 weeks course. It was pretty intense, but I think that, and you know, it's the classic kind of beginner's film Course, movie course, you kind of do it, you, you write your storyboard. And most of it I'd, I'd been doing for years anyway. It's in writing, storyboarding, putting together mood boards, rationales, all these, everything you need to create a vision on paper before you go away and make it. Um, and then that course got into production and you get to be a producer, a director, uh, a camera op, a DOB, all those things. And at the end of that course, I kind of thought, well, the next thing. 
I think you go two ways after your first film course. You either want to go on and study more, or you want to go and make a film. And I was the latter. Like, what the film course taught me is that if you're responsible for the creative idea and then the the create the execution uh, of that idea, then the main thing you need to focus on is your talent, really, and just being the person responsible for the idea, making sure that it's good enough before you go and waste people's time and money mm-hmm. on making it. And, um, and I've never been good. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm honest, I'll say to my DOP, you know, he, he talks to me in lighting language and I'll say, you know, um, you know, tell me in a poem, tell me in colors, talk tone, you know, talk emotion. And, and then, and that's how we now, I now communicate with DOPs and, and it works really well. Cause I, I, it, it taught me to make a point of not trying to do everything, which, as we all know, is you know, film is a collaborative thing, and um, mm-hmm. and it, and it's yeah, and that that's kind of where we've got to. Where I, I did a short a short film about six years ago, and that's when I got short film out of my system. Really, I I, I uh, did a fifteen minute short film, and I thought from now on I'll be the guy that makes short films in his spare time while he works in advertising as a day job as a lot of creatives advertising do. I did one short film and and I liked it. And, you know, it was the film was everything it was meant to be. I made a short film that I wanted it to be, um, you know, in, in a short film screening night, you'll see about 10 short films back to back. And I wanted it to be the one that you brought out and remembered. And I wanted to go against mm-hmm. all the kind of formulas of, of short films that were out at the time, mainly coming along from, you know, advertising production companies so they all looked like ads and I said at the beginning I want my short film to be like if it's a nice civilized get together then mine is someone's really drunken uncle that turns up and embarrasses everyone <laughs> and it's exactly what it did it's exactly what it did once, once I achieved that I was like what do I want to do what do I want to do now um, and there was a guy I was working with who was an aspiring producer who was also getting fed up with the advertising industry, Stephen Flynn, who's now the producer on Scopia. And he said, how about making a feature? And I said, yeah, sounds good. Um, and that was pretty much it. Um, and that was about two, and well, probably three years ago now when we said we're going to go and make a feature film. We're not going to okay. get involved with doing vi- music videos, commercial jobs, virals for websites or short films. We, we're just going to go for the big one. We could spend, I mean, a lot of people, you know, who could spend and have spent the last five years picking up bits of work, making short film music videos, and it's all to get to a feature film. And we figured, mm-hmm. well, let's just spend all our time on a feature film. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was that's pretty much, that was, my, that was the past 10 years just then. There we go. Nice and concise. Uh, let's let's go ahead and talk about Scopia. So this is this is the big feature that you have up on Kickstarter. This is why what we're talking about here. Uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about the film itself and where you're at with the film? Okay. Um, do you mean production point of view or kind of story? Well, let's uh, let's let's start off with uh, just a general story. What's it about? Well, the general story is. Let's see, what do I give away? It is not, it not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> be careful. I've got the producer to be breathing down my neck. Um, it's, it's set in the present day. Uh, it's a very natural film. It's, very, it's, set, it's not meant to look 
like a movie or feel like a movie. It's not meant to look like a British film. It's not meant to look low budget, obviously. It's about a girl, a Polish girl that lives in London, which again is a very realistic premise nowadays. And, mm-hmm. um, and she suffers from some mild depression and anxiety because of some trauma in her childhood. And being proactive and having the right attitude towards life, she starts to see a psychologist uh, once, once a week just to kind of help her get rid of all these issues and just keep her mind clear and she's trying to enjoy her life. She's also doing things like, you know, dance, joins a dance class, all these things young people do nowadays to try and make friends and get out in the world. Um, but so she, the, the film starts in this one particular um, session with the psychologist and he tries some hypnotic regression to get back to the trauma in her childhood and um, and that's that's when it all starts really uh, she regresses back to her childhood um, some dreadful traumas from when she was a young girl um, she keeps digging deeper as she goes further back and she starts to regress to things that have happened before she was born um, and then throughout the film, after doing this, she's she's triggered something. She's caused a kind of a glitch in reality. It's kind of an anomaly. She's not really supposed to connect with these things that happened before she was born. Um, and her world becomes very strange, surreal, fragmented. And people from the past start to turn up in the present. She starts to find herself trapped in the past. Mm. And... You know, the, the the tagline on the movie is, you know, death should be a once-in-a-lifetime experience. I said in an interview lately, Scopia is not necessarily about past lives. It focuses on past deaths. With every previous life, if there is such a thing, then that means there's been a previous death. The great thing when research, doing research for Scopia, which was a heck of a lot because you've got the, the whole history of time to explore, <laughs> uh, you know the the good truth that comes out of it for a movie like this is the, the further back in time you go, the more cruel uh, and brutal, uh, you know, gruesome uh, death becomes. I mean, at, at some points in history, I think the biggest cause of death was murder. <laughs> no one, no mm-hmm. one died naturally unless someone else killed you. Um, <laughs> so the film goes on and it becomes very fragmented. You don't know when or where you are and. Uh, and I guess that that's all I'll say. She's trapped in a perpetual nightmare. And it, it builds, I mean, there's so many layers to this film. It builds and builds in layers. It's one of those movies where you're watching a tapestry of a movie. You know, you, you, the, the audience starts off as detectives trying to figure out what's going on. And they start to make connections. And when it all comes together, it all kicks off. Yeah, de- well, definitely whets my appetite. I can't wait to see this. So where uh, now let's move on to where you're at. In the production, I know that uh, your Kickstarter campaign is to try to get some funding for post-production. Yes, that's right. Yep. So where uh, where does that stand now? And maybe kind of go over a little bit of what you're looking for uh, to use the funding with? Yeah, well, we've got pretty much everyone's on board in terms of the, the talent that's going to finish t- telling this story. Um. It's mainly for things like studio type. There's, there's always, on a, on a film like this, you know, you, you start off with how much you need and then you go down to how much you've got and then you see, well, how can we get the things that we can't afford without that money? 
So mm-hmm. you know, the th- we we you bring in people on deferred payments, which is which is it's a big help to a feature film like this, but it's not ideal. Ideally, you pay people. Um, right. You know, <laughs> everyone gets paid. <laughs> you hate not paying people. We're never set out to exploit or use anyone. Everyone, everyone involved. The good thing about Scope here is everyone. When you've got no money, at least you know everyone who's there really, really wants to be there, or they wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. you know, Twenty-hour days. Um, so, so the, the money is is mainly for studio time. Uh, it's it's the things that you can't you know get for free. And it's when you get things, you know, we, we're looking to get Foley artist in, um, our editors on board and, you know, and he's, uh, uh, Dean Gonzalez, he's a really good guy. He's, he's uh, based over in Chicago and he, you know, he's on a deferred, he's on a deferred payment plan, but at the same time costs clock up the, the studio time There's getting your data transcoded, which as you know, just sits there for hours and hours transcoding. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a grade. And again, a grade is a, a massively expensive process. Uh, even though Scopia has been shot very much in camera, it was, took a very, very long time. It was very hard to get it right. Um, but still, you know, you can you, you never release anything unless it's graded. Um, and again, even you know, grading, we won't be paying full rate for grade. We'll be paying what we can. And then the rest is deferred and we work something out. And then usually you talk people into, you know, passion is currency, wanting to be part of something they think is going to be very cool. Um, so, yeah, you've got uh, editing, grading, there's Foley, um, and all this data has to get pack, packed up for film festivals, which is annoyingly a very expensive process. Um, they, they have very uh, specific kind of requirements for the way you supply data and and that's literally you know that's the kind of thing you don't you, there's, there's no passion in that you can't tell someone it's a great project the, these are like they're like men that work in print shops that you know they they, they, they handle the data and they put it onto hard drives and, and 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 they charge by they charge by the gigabyte and um and that's it so i mean i guess that the short answer the short answer is it's for the kind of four main prongs of post-production um mm-hmm. you know you, you put down uh, out of the five the 5k goal you you put that down just over a grand for each one and that just started for 10 that's just to to get the ball rolling everything else is on deferred um there'll be more coming in the kickstarter campaign isn't our only means of of raising cash for scopia we've done it in the past the way we film scopia is we we raise a we scoop a bit of money into a heap. We shoot a bit of our story. We scoop some money, shoot some more. Mm-hmm. And in the past, between blocks, we've done a crowdfunding campaign. And we hold evenings in London. Uh, we did one at D-Lane Lee, a big post house in Soho. Uh, and we invite people to actually become executive producers and do real deals. Oh, wow. and it's only tiny amounts of money, but it builds up. Right. Well, um, yeah, we've noticed a lot of small projects that are doing it the same way where it's like little by little rather than trying to get one lump sum yeah in a in a kickstarter indiegogo project they just they get the little bits that they need to get to the next step yeah and i think that that's that's a good way to do it um why don't you talk about the incentives so you got some great incentives on your project why don't you go over maybe some of the highlights of that (laughs) yeah i mean uh... There's, there's the obvious ones. There's a DVD or Blu-ray. 
there is artwork. I, I, I personally think the artwork is a great one because even the artwork at the moment for Scopia, it's it's like the kind of conceptual key art. It's it's not finished still. It's 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 still only conceptual at this stage. It will only get better. And um, I personally love to own limited edition things. Things I know there is only a limited run of. You know, anything that's mm-hmm. anything that's got a number in the corner, like you know, twelve of out of number twelve out of a hundred. I just like that because mm-hmm. no one else will ever own it. Um, so there's a chance to get some nice limited edition artwork, and that's only a ten a ten pound perk. So they're doing okay. The most interesting perk, I think, for me is the chance to be in the film. Now, there's two opportunities yep. to get in the movie, and. And what what worries me? What worried me on that initially is that people would question the the artistic integrity and your, and your conviction to your project. If you're going to let, allow someone in the movie that you didn't spend a year casting, which you know mm-hmm. in, in Scopia it's a long time casting because you can't afford to do lots and lots of retakes and and, and entrust your film to someone that can't pull it off performance wise. Um, but my my background in advertising has, has taught me how to. F- Back yourself into corners and, and you know, throw yourself curveballs that you have to figure out creatively and think around corners. And mm-hmm. this, uh, I wrote in this ex- extra scene within in, in Scopia, and it's it's kind of a, and this is the beauty of it. This is the fun part. It, it, it it's an execution scene, and in this scene, <laughs> at some point in history, someone has to kill someone else. And there was a version of it in the script, but again, it was only written down conceptually. I'd never kind of got it concrete. Um, and so what I like about this, if, if those two perks get bought, I'll get two people I've never seen, and then I'll get given these two people as my kind of creative brief. And it's like, okay, now do your research, go back in time, any period in history, any time, for any reason, for any cause, and, and write a tiny little story of how one person kills the other. And... And and I really that excites me because that means I'll get something that I don't know what I'm going to get yet. And they yeah. always say filmmaking should be just that. If you get everything in your head, great. But you should be aiming for something better. You always want to see the things that you think, oh, I wish I'd thought of that. You know. And if you set up these situations for yourself, you'll come across those ideas. And whoever these people end up being in in this scene, it's not just um, you know, you're not in some. Well, you are on a low budget movie, but it won't look low budget. It's going to be shot cinematically and beautiful. It's the part of the film which it's in is one of the really. It's a section of the film that really assaults the senses. You know, you've got all these different deaths mm-hmm. and periods in time, and it's just like bosh, 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 and then there'll be this deceleration of this moment where somebody, you know, just purely on cruelty, executes someone else. So you know, and I've. I've the reason we put this on there is because I've had so many people ask me, "Can they be them people?" And I'm saying, "I'd love to give it to you, but you know, I've got to try and sell it first. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, that's I think that's an awesome. Me. Yeah, if that's I had an the awesome money, perk. that's what I would want. I want to be. It is an expensive one, and I, I, I put it up. The producer said, "Well, is that not a bit expensive?" And I said, "Do you know what? This is worth it, and I'd rather wait and find someone who who wants to put that much money into it." Because, yeah. you know, it, it will live on longer than you, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah no, I think that that's... Uh, I, I've seen more expensive perks on, you know, for smaller things. Yeah. So I, I think that that's definitely a, a, 
a good price for that. So uh, currently, as of this recording, you have 25 days to go on the project. Mm-hmm. You have uh, 1,050 pounds of a 5,000 goal. Yep. So you're you're well within reach at this point. Yeah, it's a good start. I mean, we this is our third crowdfunding campaign. The, the first crowdfunding campaign completely failed because it kicked off at the time we were also planning production. And we, we had to just mm-hmm. cut our losses because... Um, we had a, a shoot date pending, and you know, a crowdfunding campaign takes a lot of um, time at a computer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just seeding it and pushing it. And our second crowdfunding campaign, we went by Indiegogo because that was tied up with bringing in micro investments from people with a bit of mm-hmm. disposable income as well. So we and, and Indiegogo, you get to keep whatever you make, and that got just right. over three thousand dollars, I think, which went into the pot. And, and this time around, we thought, well, we're going to go back on Kickstarter. We've got to do it properly. This isn't a case of what we can make as a bonus. Let's, let's, get, let's get a realistic goal, which is five grand. The beauty of Kickstarter, you can always go over, but you can never go under. Um, there's those golden nuggets that will you know, pretty much make up half of that 5K. And, and it, was, it was good this time. We prepared. We put the campaign went live. I hit the big green button. And within, it must have been about, it was less than 10 minutes, it was getting up to 100 pounds. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, I'm, I'm not the one actually studying the analytics on this, the producer and his team behind it. But it's, it's, it's such a good feeling on a Kickstarter or any crowdfunding campaign when you just see a number on a screen go up and you know someone in another part of the world is seeing your project, watch your video and going, yeah, you know, and got their credit card out and actually actually put their bank details mm-hmm. into a computer for you <laughs> yeah. and they don't even know you and i think that is amazing i was always skeptic about crowdfunding at the very beginning but it's 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 i think kicks people like kick, things like kickstarter and crowdfunding have just restored my faith in the human race <laughs> you know oh yeah well that's pretty much how we look at it too i mean there's there's so many great ideas and so many films out there yours is just another one that when we see it, we're just like, oh man, we gotta, we gotta try to help this because uh, more often than not, it's it's purely for selfish reasons. We want to see this movie, <laughs> right. so we try to help <clears throat> as much as possible. Too, I, I so. also gotta say, from doing this, the Kickstarter thing that we're doing, I've come to appreciate this a lot more. Like the whole process, just to see how much work has to be done and how much time is put into these projects. It's yeah. just, it's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. It's true. I think a lot of people, you know, I've had people looking over my shoulder, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm still freelancing and advertising. So I've got the Kickstarter page running on a monitor and people look over your shoulder and go, wow, what's that? What's Kickstarter? And you, you explain what Kickstarter is. And I go, well, I might give that a go. And you say, you know, I'm not, I'm not just pressing the big green button and, you know, sit back and wait for the money. This a lot a lot of work going into this. I could put my bank details up on Kickstarter unless I promote it. No one's gonna <laughs> no one's gonna know. Right. You know, it's a yeah, campaign. Exactly. It's a campaign like any other. And um yeah, to be honest, it, it hit me quite hard, the amount of work that goes into it. Especially when we we're trying we we also double up our workflow by trying to plan the production at the same time which we're also doing right now. So we start to have to bring in people to help us out on this. And, and even, even at the beginning, you know, contacting people who have had successful campaigns and made their goals and just ask them for it. There was, it was so cool this week. There was one guy, 
a friend of a friend asked him for advice because he'd recently had a successful Kickstarter campaign and hit his goal. And when he replied, he said, oh, my God, it's Scopia. I pledged for this. <laughs> you know, small world. And, you know, people like him, they give us tips and guidance of how they got to their goal. So, you, you know, he starts off with homework. You know, you, you've got you've to learn this stuff before you get involved in it. And then it's just push, oh, yeah. push, push, promote. You know, I've shamelessly called the people I haven't seen for, for years. <laughs> and saying, can, you, can you buy my DVD? Like, what are you talking about? You know, I'm contacting my ex-girlfriend in Australia, you know. Like, it's like, I'm DVD. She's like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you just you just you just plow forward until until the deadline's over. Well, Chris, thank you so much for talking with us, and best of luck with the project. Thank you very much, Th- and thank you for supporting us. Thank you for you know just getting involved. And I, I, oh, I love it when people do. It means a lot to me. I, I want to see this. I want to see yeah, this movie. We definitely want to see it. So <laughs> you're gonna see it. Keep, I keep am us dying posted. to see this film. Two years of my life. <laughs> Believe, oh my god, I, I think I'm gonna cry when, when, when I finally finish this. I think I probably would good. if I was working on it for two years. Heck yeah. yeah. All right, Chris, well, you have a good one. Thank you. Well, yeah, we'll stay in touch. We'll keep you posted on progress. And, uh, and thanks a lot. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Bye-bye. guys. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks again, Chris, for your time. If you want to learn more about Scopia, you can visit the website at scopia-movie.com. You can also go to our site at filmpulse.net, and there's going to be a widget there for the Kickstarter project all week. And by the time you read this, the article, the full article on the film should still be on the homepage. If not, just go into the blog section of our page and go to the Kickstart Sunday button. Let's go ahead and move on. Talk about South by Southwest 2013. What? It's South by Southwest? South by Southwest 2013. South by Southwest, actually. South by Southwest? For some reason, I I love saying that. So this week, they announced the full list of South by Southwest films. I think it's 109 films. That's it? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Week year. <laughs> We've got 109. Chimneys. What happened? So we already kind of went over the... Well, I don't know if we did on the show, but the the big films have already been announced. That's like the incredible Burt Wonderstone, Evil Dead, which I'm really excited about, and Spring Breakers... The for some reason under the headliners category, I believe that Hawking, the documentary about Stephen Hawking, is one of the headliners. Which mm-hmm. I don't know if that Stephen Hawking. Yeah, I don't know if that'd be a headliner for me. It's Stephen Hawking. Are you interested in that Could one? Be. I mean, I. It's slightly. I mean, I don't know about like seeing mm-hmm. it at the festival or anything, but. No, I have a I have a short list so far of things that I want to see. Alright, well what do you what's your what's your short list? Well, Spring Breakers for one. Yep. I'd like to see that. Um what else have we got here? There's a couple um a couple of films that have played other festivals that I've read about. Um like Upstream Color. Upstream Color, yes, of course. God, please. <laughs> and uh, movie called um, First Cousin Once Removed. 
Mm-hmm. I've heard really good things about that. I want to check that out. Um, Museum Hours is another film from Austria that I've heard really good things about. I would like to see that. There's, oh, a, there's oh, a couple other stuff um, in here. The Act of Killing sounds... I've heard... Yeah, I've, I'm really interested a lot in that. Of, a lot about that. Before okay. Midnight, I would like to destroy that movie in some way. I'm going to see it. I heard, I, heard it's the, I heard it's the best one, by the way. Is it? Yep, heard heard a lot Is of it? good things. Heard a lot of good things. What about... Uh, Link Letter? That's it. It's the only one that would like that. Uh, Holy, Holy Ghost Children? Yes, that sounds good. Um, I want to see... Zero Charisma sounds slightly interesting. Yeah, that sounds... <laughs> like the idea of yeah. D&D... That that does sound interesting. I was gonna post the trailer for that on the site. Uh, I got a press release about that, but I didn't get it posted. Mud. Mud is one that I'm interested in. Very oh. interested in. Another one that I didn't even know existed is Prince Avalanche. I read about this movie a couple of weeks ago. The new David Gordon Green movie. Oh yeah, I, and I heard oh, uh, I heard it's good. I heard it's um he's heading back to, you know, his roots. Heading back yeah. there. It's with uh, Paul Rudd, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so, definitely uh, interested I, I, in that one. I had no idea that that was happening. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty pretty excited for that one. There was a couple other ones. Uh, Don John's Addiction, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt directed movie. I'm, I'm interested in that. Yeah, and how can you not be? Tony Danza's in it. Yes. Tony fucking Danza. Yes. I hope with... Uh, I talked about just a little bit ago computer chess, which I've heard some good things, but also Wiley Wiggins is in it. And I hope I get to see Wiley Wiggins. Wiley Wiggins. Hope he's there. He was just in a movie. Oh man. I can't remember what movie that was. I just saw him in a movie like a, maybe it was a year ago. And I'll, I'll lose my shit if Tony dances there. I know that uh, Dylan McDermott's going to be there. I saw him on <laughs> I saw him on the guest list. Dermot Moroni's going to be there? No, Dylan McDermott. <laughs> which which one? Dylan McDermott, Dylan. not Dermot Mulroney. <laughs> yeah. I love the fact that that was the actual SNL sketch. Well, that it's because it's, that's how it is. <laughs> and by the it way, is. by the way, you're when you the other week when you <laughs> When you flubbed the the guy f- that goes she yeah that guy uh, Mary did that exact same thing yesterday. <laughs> yes, she was. Well, the funny thing is, is me and Mary all weekend thought that they were the same person. Like we talked about it extensively. Yeah, had no idea. Completely different people. But also, when I looked up Dylan McDermott, and he wasn't the one I thought he was. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh god well dylan mcdermott so now i gotta look up wait isn't dylan mcdermott the one that's on american horror story yes okay so now and, i gotta look up and Der- dermot or dermot mulroney Dol- dermot, Mul- <laughs> dermot mulroney <laughs> is on the show um enlightened the, the mike white show oh god Mike White show. Oh, and like okay, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, the the show on HBO. <laughs> okay. with Laura Dern. I, you know what I'm gonna do? This is 
this is how professional I am. I'm going to print out three like little cards for us <laughs> that have a picture of each one with their name. And when we can carry it around with us, that will be no. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> Just in case. Mm. We don't want any Dermot Maroney. <laughs> Dermot if we do an interview, if we do at an our interview. first film festival, yeah, okay? that would be kind of funny. Uh, any other movies? I mean, there's a ton that I'm planning on going to see. Everyone's going to die is one. Uh, I do have yeah, that, that one. Does look very interesting. I do have a interest in seeing Lunar Sea, which is a. Docu- uh, I think it's a documentary about a guy who wants to live on the moon. Uh, I want to see Harry Dean Stanton, partly fiction, which is about Harry Dean Stanton, who I'm a huge fan of. I, I'm a huge fan of Harry Dean Stanton as well. And I also have an interest in seeing the Fuck for Forest documentary, which is very odd. Have you heard of this? It's... uh. I- this what non it's a nonprofit organization that makes erotic videos and sells them online uh in order to fund like environmentalist causes. Hmm. Very interesting. So I, I kind of want to see that. Plus, it's rare that you see a movie that has f- the word fuck in the title. Yeah, it that doesn't happen often. It does so, not happen often. I'd also like to mention that two of our Kickstarter projects that we helped fund are premiering at this year's uh, festival, and that's the Rewind This, which is a documentary about VHS, and also the, it's called I Am Divine, which is a documentary about yes. Divine. Yes. So very, very interested in those two. Yes. Uh, I want to see I Am Divine. Yeah. Because, I, I, you know, I really don't know too much about Divine. So I think it'll be interesting to see. Don't know enough about Divine. Right. Exactly. Just don't know enough. Can you ever know enough about Divine, really? No, you can't. Alan Thicke is also in it. Alan Thicke, of course. Alan Thicke. Uh, what about, are, do you have any interest in seeing Much Ado About Nothing? Uh, not really. I, it's no secret, I hate Shakespeare. And I hate Shakespeare. Shot in black and white. Uh, refer back to me hating Shakespeare. <laughs> no, not gonna, still not going to do it? Uh, I, also, I, just, I can't stand Shakespeare. I don't know why. Another one that I had of, a vague interest in is uh, Grow Up Tony Phillips, which is by Emily Haggins. Uh, yes. she, she was... Uh, Emily Haggins is really, she's kind of famous for being so young. She's like, when she started making, I think her first feature film, she was like 12 or something. It was ridiculous. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, she's like super young. And um, I think she's like maybe 14 or 16 now or something. What? Yeah. Very, very young. And then they they made a documentary about her making her first film as well. Well, was, that's ridiculous. It was called um, Zombie. Was it? Zo- it was a zombie movie. Well, again, I feel terrible because all I did was I ironed three shirts today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah her her first uh, her first movie was in two two thousand six, and she two thousand six, and she was born in ninety two. So how? Yeah, 
very very talented young young director and she has since i mean she's been cranking it out i mean she's had she started with pathogen in 2006 and then she made a short film and then she made another feature in 2009 2011 and then she's got two in 2013 this is that's insane yeah I is, almost, she, is she actually like talented uh, I mean, it's one thing to be young and make a movie, but is it actually, are they any good? I, I've never seen any of her stuff. I almost saw My Sucky Teen Romance, but I, I didn't I didn't watch it. That just, that came out on um, DVD like sometime last year. I remember seeing it, but it might be one of those things where by the time she gets a little bit older, like in her 20s, she'll probably be making some really great stuff. Could be. But I mean, if you start that young and start continuously refine your craft from like eight years old (laughs) i mean come on (laughs) she peaked at 14 (laughs) she peaked at 14 (laughs) awful oh oh well uh so that pretty much does it a lot of a lot of great movies and i'm sure there's a whole pile of movies that we didn't even mention that are going to be great um well yeah there's also I don't know enough about any of these. Right. So, you know what I mean? I haven't seen trailers. I haven't heard anything. Yeah. I mean, I haven't even gone through like the list in, in detail yet. So there's, there's going to be a ton of research that's going to be done within the next month. So, but it's mostly going to be research regarding Dermot Mulroney (laughs) and Dylan McDermott. Coming up with some sort of uh, like mnemonic device to uh, I, yeah, like I already have them it. apart. I'm gonna have like charts and graphs, a lot of visuals on these on these cards. And then we'll move on. Up. Then we'll move on to Bill Paxton and Bill Pullman. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you can't do anything on that one. This is there's nothing you can do. Oh god! All right, let's uh, let's talk about this- some predictions. You had another great week. You're actually you're you're handily beating me now. Cause I'm t- you, am I taking over? Yeah, you are. Year two is the year of Kevin. <laughs> year one, Adam was winning. Year two is Kevin. That's right. Uh, so we have warm bodies. You said forty five. I said forty two. Actual seventy six. You gotta be shitting me. Yeah. Wow. People like the warm bodies. When I went to see it, it was a full theater, full wow. of teenage girls and women. <laughs> uh then we have bullet to the head you said 46 i said 32 actual 47 so much better much better than i thought it would be on that one i'm i'm actually 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 i just got on rotten tomatoes that's 46 percent. that's dead on oh it's it okay it's dead on my friend that's interesting because i just checked these scores this morning oh yeah oh yeah anyway you still got it then we have stand-up guys this got a 36%, you said 34, and I said th- uh, 48. <clears throat> so that's, uh, that's a three-banger. Another three-banger for you. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, next week, we really only have two big ones. We have the, um, I guess it's just Identity Thief with Jason Basin. <sighs> Basin. <laughs> Jason Basin and Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> Uh, what do you think for this, identity thief <laughs> is this a wolf comedy i don't know that's some foreshadowing <laughs> for wednesday 
I hope it turns into a wolf comic. <laughs> At some point, like T.I. becomes a werewolf. Be great. Identity theft. Uh, Identity I'm gonna thief. I'm going to say like 54. I'm going to say, I'll say 46 on that one. Well, you're wrong. I know. I'm sure I am. And then we have side effects. This is the supposed, supposedly final. Sure. Supposedly final Steven Soderbergh film. Sure. I'm really excited for this one. I think that it's going to be pretty good. So I'm going to say 86. Hmm. I'm going to say 82. Okay. All right. I think that's pretty much it for big releases. Are, Are you planning on seeing side effects? Yes, I am, actually. Wow, so we'll finally be able to do a feature review next week. (laughs) (laughs) All right, DVD and Blu-ray releases. This is for Tuesday, February 5th, 2013. We have Alex Cross. Skip that. Oh, yes. No, no, you don't. You you call off that day. You watch that movie all day long. Get yourself some McDonald's. (laughs) <laughs> Go to Hollywood Video, rent Alex Cross. <laughs> Make a uh, day of it. And we have That sounds like a perfect day to me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Celeste and Jesse Forever's uh next one. Uh yeah, this one's worth seeing, I think. <laughs> it's not great. Very, very solid recommendation. <laughs> I I just I didn't love it, I'm sorry. I just I don't know. Then we have Flight. This is the Denzel Washington, uh, Robert Zemeckis film. I feel like they that was a quick turnaround for Flight. That was a quick. That was quick. That was really quick. Uh, I don't think that I'm going to bother with this one. I don't think I'm going to either. I've read a little bit more, and it sounds terrible. Yeah, I just I'm not interested. Then we have Here Comes the Boom. Oh, I don't think we yeah. need to delve into that too much. No, you go to McDonald's. Hollywood video, house <laughs> cross, here comes the boom, get yourself oh. a couple of cheeseburgers, and then you watch them. You watch Alex Cross, and then you watch here comes the boom, <laughs> and then Alex Cross, and then here comes the boom. But maybe switch it up here and there. Maybe watch here comes the boom twice, and then go to Alex Cross. That's but sad. do that all day. I wonder if either of those are on Ryan's watch <laughs> list. <laughs> uh, mm. We should make Ryan do that. Yeah, we should. And then we have the late quartet. What do you think about this one? Uh, it looks looks interesting. I don't know if I'll actually get around to it. I, I don't think I will, but yeah. And, and then finally, we have Side by Side. This is the doc, documentary um, produced and narrated by Keanu Reeves about digital versus film. I highly recommend this to anybody that has even a vague interest in, in movies. Mm. Yes, you definitely, yeah, you definitely need to see it. I, I gotta do it. It's, gotta do it. It's really good. I mean, it's it's really good. Ooh, do you remember? Um, you know how last week it was all about being indied out. Mm-hmm. So uh, my indied out itness came to like the apex. Shit, apex this week, indie wise. I tried to watch uh, your sister's sister. Mm-hmm. I made it 20 minutes in, and I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> oh, no. Like, I lost it. Couldn't take it anymore. I stopped it. But I, like an idiot, I kept it for a while. And I was like, I'm going to finish this movie. 
And then finally one day I'm like, oh, God, let me finish your sister's sister. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm not going to finish this damn movie. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't have to finish it. And if I stood up to it, it felt good. It felt good to stand up it, to the movie and say, no, yeah. I am not going to finish you. <laughs> That's right. The, the characters in that movie were just so fucking irritating. Uh, I didn't, I didn't mind it. I liked it. It was okay. Irritating. Uh, maybe, maybe it got better towards the end. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm getting duplassed out too. Could be. That's probably easy to do. It's the same thing as Indie Doubt, I think. Pretty much. Well, I think that does it. Uh, there were a couple criterions. Did you want to? I think there's only one criterion. Okay. It is a movie I want to see, though. It's a Japanese ba- film, right? Yeah, The Ballad of Nariyama. This from 1958. I mean, this is, looks pretty damn good. All right, pretty excited for this. There you go. I'll Check watch that out. it at some point in time. Maybe that'll be the big Blu-ray that we give out to our Oscar pool winner. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. If you want to enter the 2013 FilmPulse.net Oscar pool, just go to the site, click on the link right there at the top, just fill out your picks person that gets the closest we're gonna give two blu-rays to one from ryan watches a movie one criterion salty and sweet oh my god do they do they get to pick which one from ryan watches a movie no we pick oh i have my pick already unfortunately collision course with pat marita and jay leno are you kidding me that's my pick is not on (laughs) blu-ray in fact a lot of ryan's movies are not on blu-ray so Come on, Criterion. Collision course. <laughs> yeah, if, if, only, if only we could find a Ryan Watches a movie that's on Criterion, then I wouldn't have to send them two. I wouldn't have to send the winner two. We could just, be, we could just send them one. It would fit both those categories. Well, I have a, I have a feeling that uh, Collision Course, you'll be seeing that on Criterion. I can feel it. Probably at some point. I can just feel it. <laughs> collision course <laughs> I had seriously really wanted I wanted that to be the movie I'm sort of bummed out that it's not on Blu-ray yeah it's not a lot of those aren't well I think that wraps it up for this week for all the latest film news and reviews visit us at filmpulse.net we want to hear your feedback send us an email feedback at filmpulse.net or give us a call on our voicemail line 850-391-6071 also please take a minute to rate us on iTunes we appreciate that very much for filmpulse.net, my name is Adam. And I'm Kevin. And we will see you on Wednesday for Ryan Watches a Movie when we have him watch Teen Wolf 2. <laughs> uh, not the number 2. Not the number 2. T-O-O. I I feel so bad sometimes. They do so much work, and then I think to myself, like, all I did today was wake up and iron some shirts. <laughs>